You know, when you learn about addiction, like it, it tells you that it is a progressive disease. You know, so you leave right where you left, ever you start right where you left off. Right. So I left off here. I'm gonna start back up in the same exact place, and I'm gonna progressively get worse. So while I'm like in this addiction, like in the grip of this addiction, and I just really had this like spiritual awakening to where like I knew God was real. This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. I'm Bill McMinn. This is Way to Go podcast, I'm the pastor from Eagleville Bible Church, along with Thiesa Hale, and we invited her in to give her story today, so I'm glad you're here. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. And you're also on the worship team. I mean, you do a lot of stuff around here. You're in my Bible study on Wednesday night. Uh, you come and sing, do a great job singing. Mm -hmm. So for Sunday, actually Sunday morning, and you guys always sing Tuesday night for Celebrate Recovery, too. Yeah. So I wanted to hear your story, so fire away. Okay, so um, where to start? <laughs> Uh, so I grew up in the county, All right. um, South County. Um, you know, I grew up in kind of a chaotic home where basically like, I almost feel like generational, like sin, you know, was part of my life. You know, right. my parents struggled a lot and, um, that's kind of what I grew up to know. Um, we didn't have God in our life. You know, it was never really talked about, you know, when I was young, and um, growing up, you know, my parents got a divorce when I was like 10. And um, we were at my grandma's house a lot. And right. she would like study with the Jehovah's Witnesses. So like there was a lot of like study of like Moses. Like I knew about Moses. I knew about God. And I, I feel like I believed that he was real. <clears throat> but I didn't have any clue like how to apply that in my life. Um, Christ was never really talked about. My right. mom, she still talks about God, but you don't hear her even now talking about Jesus. Um, so, you know, when my parents got a divorce, you know, things, you know, it really affected me. Probably the worst out of all three of us kids. And, and how old were you then? I was 10 when they got a okay. divorce. And, you know, I started drinking and using drugs pretty much like the first time I ever used a substance I was 10 years old um but I started drinking a lot when I was like 12 and I and this you just get this from home or is this at your friend's house home. or so yeah. from home you just yeah. go grab the alcohol and well the alcohol was a little harder to get but the marijuana was easy okay because it was in the house um so that makes me feel better. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't really the alcohol or the beer. It was the, it was just the pot that it was yeah. really readily available. Right. right. And even though they would try to hide it, I would always find a way to find it. I would get it. I, like, I was like a burglar. I could break into their room. I would, I would have a key made like to and their lock. You're pretty sophisticated 12 year old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're doing pretty good. Well, and then like, so I got this like sense of power out of that because there was other kids, you know, like when you grow up that way, 
it's almost like you attract those kind of people. Right. Like you know whose parents are like your parents. Right. And so then you have what everybody wants. And so that's why I would like seek to get it, right. you know, because now I have this like power. Um, and so like God wasn't talked about at that time at all. Um, my mom was going through a lot. And I, like, took on a lot of responsibility in the home, like, even as really young, like, probably around six, like, I would watch my brother and sister by myself and cook and everything. Um, so she was, like, really sick, so I had a lot of responsibility. And, like, that almost gave me, like, a reason to why I could do this stuff, right. you know, because, like, I'm grown up, I'm doing these grown up things, and so I might as well do what the grown ups do. And there was a lot of consequences from that immediately, um, but I just always felt like it was like part of life. Like, this is what happens. You do this stuff, bad things happen, but you know, that's what happens to everybody. Right. And like what kind of bad things would happen? Like sexual things would happen with boys, right. um, you know, legal consequences, um, just chaos, and Lots at what things. time did legal consequences come into your life? I feel like the first time I had a legal consequence, I was 12. 12, okay. <laughs> Maybe 13. Pretty early. All right. <laughs> yes. But that that was a problem too because I would get in trouble, but I wouldn't have a consequence ultimately. So like because of my life and my parents or whatever, they would just kind of like take it easy on me and slap me on the hand. And like I was smart and, you know, I had good grades so they just didn't want me like locked up in the system. Right. So like I would get away with these things. Right. Like I would, yeah, I would have to go to court or maybe they would send me to counseling or something like that, but I would never follow through and nothing would ever happen, right. you know? So it, it almost like taught me to like believe that, you know, I wasn't going to get in trouble ultimately, you know? I assume that changed at some point. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Eventually it changed. Now, is this like a progressive thing? Like you started this out at 12. Does it just progressively get worse, progressively Progress. get more, progressively Definitely. like more people involved? Definitely. Okay. And it, yeah, it. the more people, the better. You know, misery loves company. Right. So it's like I would seek out people to be in the state with me all the time. Right. And um, I had one friend who basically was like my sister. She lived with us pretty much. She never went home. And um, she'd had been home for a couple weeks. And I went to her house. And she decided that we wanted to go to church. And uh, I was like, okay. So we like started going to these churches. We were, she was living in New Lyme. So we went to a couple churches in New Lyme. And every time we went to these churches, they would always be like, you need to accept Jesus into your heart, and you need to say this prayer. And I would just get petrified, like, why do they want me to say this? Right. And there's something behind this. And I'm like, I would just, we're not going back there. And so one weekend, she was at her aunt's house, which was over by Eagleville, and we came there. And it was the first time I actually didn't feel that pressure. And I think I was probably like 14 years old. And I felt automatically like, welcome and not pressured and just kind of like the love of it. You know, we wanted to go back, but you know, things happened. We never came back, but I never forgot that. That's I cool. never forgot that church. And, um, you know, things progressed in my life. Like I ended up, you know, I did graduate high school. I don't even know how, um, what high school, by the way, did you graduate Valley. Okay. So I graduated, 
I immediately got into a relationship with someone that had everything I wanted. And now, and when I say that, that he had lots of drugs right. and he had a house. Like I had a car. That was the only thing I could like bring to the relationship, you know? Right. <laughs> I, oh, I did have a job too. Right. Yeah. So like, but he had everything I wanted and I ended up um, getting pregnant with my son and I just was still in this like lost place, but I thought this was going to fix it, you know, like having a child. Now I'll have like this other identity as a mother. So maybe, you know, my life will get straight. Right. But through this whole time, like I never put together that God was like part of this. Like basically I was my God and the drugs right. and the alcohol was my right. God. And so having the child, I thought, you know, this was going to replace that. <clears throat> and it was okay for a little while, but not very long. And I um, ended up getting into really hard drugs. So I started doing meth when I was probably like 20. And um, it really took my life down a really bad path. And the crazy thing about it, though, is like through that time, like around the time when I was 18 – I was in a place where I was like denying God, like God isn't real. I was all about like science, like this, this universe is, you know, maybe we're a cell inside of a giant being. I think we right. held all these ideas, you know, but <laughs> there's no God, right? you know? And so while I'm like in this addiction, like in the grip of this addiction and I just really had this like spiritual awakening to where like I knew God was real. And how old were you then? Probably around 20. 20. Okay. So I don't know if it's because like you're so close to death. Like he just reached out to me in that time. All right. And I knew for sure he was real. Um, and then, you know, I kept on with my addiction for a while. I ended up going to jail. And in in jail, I actually met there was a church coming in there. And they, um, it was somewhere in Warren, a church in Warren, okay. but they had a really good message. And like, I wanted to go there when I got out. And I think I went one time, but you know, I got back into like the world. So I got a job, you know, I got my kid back. I got my relationship back. I had another child and I had all these like worldly things that I thought, you know, that's what's going to make me and happy. How many years have gone by now? Since like 20. So I you, think I was getting close to 30. Okay. So this goes on now for 10 years. Mm -hmm. We're talking about of uh, addiction. I kind of sense there's a God. I'm in right. jail. I have another child. I'm right. back working the world because you got it all under control. Right. And life's good. You can still figure it out. And, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it wasn't going well. So I just had this moment where I was like, this isn't what I want anymore. And I and was that the meth was the worst drug that you used? Was that the worst at that time? It at was. that time, okay. <clears throat> I had gotten into worse things later on. Um, so at that time, I decided that I didn't want this relationship anymore. Like, it, truly, I was miserable, but I was unable to see it. Right. And of course, it's his fault. You know, right. it's not anything to do with me or God right. or anything like that. So I ended that, and I got into a new relationship, and. In that relationship, like, I just, like, my mental health was declining. I'd tried heroin one time, and I uh, went on this, like, I got to change my life. 
And that friend that took me to Eagleville, she came back into my life, and oh, wow. she was going to this other church. Right? This is like your sister from Pretty when you much. were a kid. Pretty right. much, yeah. always lived at your house. Right. And, okay. <laughs> so she comes back in my life, and she's going to this church, and so I started going with her and my my husband. So we we'd gotten married. This other man that I had started a relationship with, we started going to church there, and that is where I really accepted Christ as my savior. And that was in like 2010. Okay. And I started doing a lot of service immediately. Right. You know, right. like I'm driving the church van, I'm picking people up, I'm driving right. all over the place. Right, right. Like I always feel like service is like one of my gifts that God wants me right. to do. You know, like serve, 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 do this, do that, pick people up, bring people in. Right. Because I've always had the, like this gift of like influence. Right. So even if it's, Bad influence. Right. You'll create a vortex <laughs> and suck people into it. Right. right. But doing something for good and having this good influence felt really, really good. Um, but I had like a fallout kind of at this church. Um, and it wasn't, I mean, it's probably me. Right. You know, and I went back down a really bad path of addiction again. Right. And um, that's when it got really bad and I got into the heroin and I was doing meth again and I started using drugs right. intravenously, right. which, you know, I swore I would never do. So, you know, when you learn about addiction, like it, it tells you that it is a progressive disease, you know, so you leave right where you left ever. You start right where you left off. Right. So I left off here. I'm going to start back up in the same exact place and I'm going to progressively get worse. And, you know, it held true. It um, totally happened. And basically, I ran from God that whole time. So, like, from 2013 until about 2015, there would be times. So, when I had gotten in trouble before, I came to a place where I, like, asked God to, like, do something. Mm -hmm. And I went to jail, right? And I got better. Right. So I'm in this like terrible place of my addiction and I'm like praying to go to jail because my self cannot stop. Right. And I'm like saying this and my friend that I would like be partying with, she would get so mad at me because she didn't want me to like leave her. Right. But I would just want to go to jail and I'm like praying to go to jail and, you know, God answered my prayers. And like people say a lot of times that, you know, God works through the police and he does, right. you know? So I'm praying to go to jail. And then the situation when I go to jail, like, it's like almost like either this person can go to jail or I can go to jail because there's no proof of whose stuff right. this really is. And I'm right. like, just take me. Right. And they were like surprised, like, okay, right. you know? Right. So I go back to jail and... You know, that's where my journey kind of really started. I didn't, you know, surrender right away. Right. It took like a lot of trial of like trying my will. And then the the grip of that addiction still had me. So they would like let me out for a little while and I would just continue to do what I was doing until like I went for a long sustained period of time. Right. And I where things really changed was when I went to Neocap. So now what was that again? Neocap. Okay. It's like treatment slash jail. Right. And it's now how old are you now at that point? I think I was 35. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, 30. So, so when you think about 12 to 35, <laughs> right, I mean a that's long a long time. stretch of time, right? Yeah. Of pain and agony. So 
Yeah, a lot of pain right. and a lot of That's agony. Sad. I mean, but, really, they had to go through all that, but. But the thing is, is like I always was blame shifting. Like we were talking about the right. other night, you know, it was never my fault. Right. It was because of my parents or it was because of my husband at the time or it's right. because of this and that. And like when I arrived there, I still couldn't look inwardly. So I went on through my life so long, you know, and I have this gift of influence and I have this gift of like helping other people. But it was almost like a curse in that aspect because I couldn't look at myself. And in that place, they they knew this. They, right. They've got my number here. Right. They've seen it, you know. So they like, I don't know what they did, but they finally got me to break to where, you know, I went there. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. I'm going to be so good at Neocap. Right. It's like school. Right. right. There's books and there's papers and there's classes. And I'm like, I'm going to be amazing. Right. You know, <laughs> so I go into this class and it's about me. The subject is me. And it this is a foreign language. Right. Like we can talk about you all day. Right. But if we're not going to talk about me, I don't know anything about me. I've never learned anything about myself. Like I didn't even know how I felt. Right. How do you feel right now? What do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> There's like two feelings I know. Happy, mad. Yes, right. I can tell you from those. <laughs> so they, you know, I did really bad. So right. you get these colors and right. like you're on red when you get there and you progress to to yellow and you're supposed to get to yellow in three weeks. It took right. me seven weeks to get to okay. yellow. Be, and, and like, I'm like devastated that I can't do this. And um when it finally like happened and you know, like I had been looking in the Bible, I knew where I needed to turn. I just couldn't like grasp like how to surrender to that. Right. And something they did there just finally broke me. And I just started reading my Bible. I started praying and I didn't care what others thought because in this criminal mindset and throughout my whole life, God wasn't cool. Right. You know, so you're in this like criminal environment. Mm -hmm. It's not cool. Right. You know, and I got to be cool. Right. <laughs> so I, I lost, I let go of that. And I did what was right for once. And I finally was at a place of peace. Right. So how did you come out of it then? It was through NeoCap and turning Neo your life to God. And when I, and when I got out, I, um, I went to Turning Point, and then they sent me to Opal House, and there was people coming here. How many years ago was that? That was in... Because I feel like I've known you for a long time. <laughs> I think it was 2016. Okay. Yeah, 2016. All right. So that's when I first started coming here. Okay. And um, there were people coming here, and I would, you know, I wanted to go. Right. So... I started going, but then I kind of got sucked into the world a little bit, like jobs and, you know, I was going to celebrate recovery. Right. And, um, you know, I had a little bit, a little slip one time in 2016 and I went back to treatment for a little while and I've just never looked back, you know, um, through that whole process, like I learned how to lean on God right. instead of me making myself God. How about Christ? Um, how does that impact your your life as far as like, when was that point where you finally said, Lord, forgive me of my sins? And Basically a neo cap. Yeah. I mean, I had done it right. before when I was going to the other church, right. but I was ready to do it again. So it's just you and God. That's it at right. that time, right? Because right. it's not neo cap 
is not a religious no. organization, right? I mean, <laughs> no. this is just God working. And then on your heart. you know, everybody there, it is not cool. Right. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? So, but it changed your life. It totally changed my life. Right. And you know, for those few years from like going to the other church to then, like I knew what the answer was, but like applying it was like where the break was, right? You know, and really, like, was he in my heart? I don't know, right? Until that happened, like that. True. So what keeps you out of it? Like now you're looking at, let's say four and a half years or, you know, so you've gone through, you know, 16 to 20, we're in 2021 now, right at the beginning of it. So four or five years, what keeps you from going back? Well, you know, being around good people that believe the same way as me, um, serving, you know, praying every day. Right getting into the word. Right. And you do help a lot of people. I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, you are definitely, and and your husband, Jimmy, too, are definitely instrumental in other people's lives as sponsors, as trying to help them to come out of the same spot you were in. So you guys do a lot of work that way, too, which I think is a great thing. And it's really impactful when people, especially if people knew us from like before, to see like the change that has happened. Are you happier? Definitely. Like I... I'm actually able to know that I'm happy for real. Right. right. <laughs> but all the things you wanted were there, but it took you a long time to find it. Definitely. Like it took you a long time to find God and just the peace, contentment, the right. joy, Christ, the forgiveness. Because all I things constantly changed. was leaning on my own understanding right. of like and my own power. Right. You know, um, and you know, <laughs> there's no regrets from anything that's happened right. to me. You know, um, I can use that as a very powerful tool, right? you know, and I tell people all the time, like we make these choices ultimately, you know, but God can still make beauty out of that. Right. You know, and and I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I've had people and they'll come in and they'll be 50 years old and come to church for the first time, at least here and really see that it's more than just a game, like going Sunday morning. I, I go there because that's what you do. But I mean, really God got hold of their lives. And I always tell them, listen, when God gets hold of you, he gets hold of you. And that's, you can't worry about it. You can't worry about the things in the past. Just be happy that, you know, you found God because they still have years and years of making a difference and helping other right. people and, you know, seeing God work in their lives, which is an amazing thing. But I always appreciate you being here, you know, seeing your strength of character, the things that you've been able to do and accomplish, have you singing on the the praise team, which will be there Sunday, actually. Yes, so if you want to come see Thea on Sunday morning, come on out and hear her sing along with others. But yeah, I mean, it's always a great thing. You know, it's always a blessing because I always love it. I always get excited about the whole Celebrate Recovery team anyway. I know you probably better than a lot of them. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I'm always like super happy about it because I'm like, this is amazing. I mean, what God is doing in that group and what we see every Sunday morning with people coming in and how their lives are changing. I mean, God does still in the business today of changing lives and, and we give them thanks for it. All right.